to Harvest Australia podcast. We trust you will be blessed by this message from Senior Leader Marty Manuel. Well, I must admit, okay, I haven't had a huge amount of time to um, pour hours and hours into this this morning. But it's funny when that happens how uh, God reminds you of some really basic stuff. But anyway, I, I want to give this a plug as well. And this is, we haven't even got any in our bookshop. But I really encourage you, if, if you don't know, uh, if you don't have a Bible reading plan or a process that you already work through, then I would encourage you to have a look. We, we will try and get you know, many copies in our bookshop uh, soon. But My Utmost for His Highest by Oswald Chambers, it's like a, it's a, a lot of the older generation probably read it for 20 years straight. Um, but, you know, it's one of those simple things that, that um, we do on a daily basis and we just, we just read it. And I want to read you a little bit from yesterday's actually. Um, and I thought I'd start here. I'll, I'll start with the painful stuff and then we'll get better later. How does that sound? Oh, you want the painful stuff later? Okay. <laughs> no, it's not really the painful stuff. It's just reality, isn't it? You know, reality is we're not always on the mountaintop. And, and the reality is that sometimes God faces us in the valley, takes us down deep with him. So we dig deep. We find out the reality of who we are and the reality of who he is. And then we discover what the combination of him in us actually really looks like. And so... Um, Oswald Chambers says here, um, If you are not living in touch with him, it is easy to pass a crude verdict on God. You must go through the crucible before you have any right to produce a verdict or to pronounce a verdict. Because in the crucible, you learn to know God better. God is working for his highest ends until his purpose and man's purpose become one. And I just thought that was a great uh, example or explanation of the journey of life for us as human beings. It's how do we combine God's will and our lives and make it reality? How do we actually make that reality? Because actually, I don't know about you, but you know, even after weekends like this where God's pouring out and he's doing great things, it's sometimes difficult to translate that into our daily lives. What does that mean this week? What does that mean at work, at study, at school or with family? What does it actually mean and how do we translate what God does within us to the surroundings around us? And um, so I want to explore that a little bit by actually starting in John 14 verse 6. John chapter 14, verse 6. And um, Jesus was explaining things to his disciples and teaching them. And he says to them, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Many of us have heard that verse probably hundreds of times. Hundreds of times. But I was just dwelling on this in the last couple of days. And I was thinking... How many methods do I actually take from time to time to get to Jesus or to get to the Father, but actually I'm going around that periphery. I'm not actually going through Him. I want to give you an example. You know, it's, it's very easy in life 
to go after a whole lot of things, you know, and it's, it's really even in, in today's day and age, it's even easier because we have such simple access to gifted people. And we can actually try and access Jesus and the Father through gifted people. It is illegal in the kingdom to try and access God or gifts or more of Him or more of His heart through any gift of man. And yet it's so easy to do, isn't it? It's so easy to do. And the temptation is like right in front of us. There's incredible uh, people in the body of Christ today and, you know, Duncan and Kate are some of them. And I mean, there's thousands of churches that are just phenomenal where God's doing incredible things and worship and, you know, a, a whole just, just amazing things. And you can see it all on YouTube and you can watch things and you can get really excited. But I've found that if I rely on that, if I rely on that to be my source of life, it's very shallow. It's very shallow. It can only come through relationship. Relationship. It's so simple, isn't it? I mean, this is, we've heard this a million times and it, it sounds so simple. But I just wanted to remind us of some simple truths today to get back to basics that it is very, very simple. The gospel is really simple, isn't it? It's really simple. Sometimes we complicate it and we think we have to know so much theology or we have to worship a certain way or do things a certain way. You know, right now on Sunday morning, and I know all around the world it's not Sunday morning, but let's just pretend it is. But in this 24-hour period, there are going to be around 2 billion people worshipping God, worshipping Jesus. There's about 2 billion Christians in the world. Uh, worshipping Jesus in so many phenomenally different ways that if we imported you know, a group from wherever it might be, somewhere else in Mongolia or somewhere like that, and we imported them here this morning, we would just go, my goodness. And it may rock our world how different they worship and if our style of worship and if who we are is built up on the way we picture God need to, he needs to move in this way. We need to sing these songs. We need to have this type of building. We need to look a certain way. Because if our understanding of God is through a style or a method, then we don't know the man. We, we have to know him. And so that wherever we are, and this is one thing that I try to keep in mind, whatever I'm preaching, it has to be relevant to the developing world. Because if I believe a gospel that only is relevant, let's say financially, it's very easy to preach prosperity in the West. But you try and preach prosperity in the developing nations, they're like, hey, dude, I just want rice tonight. You know, so it's really, we, we've got to be really, really wise about what we emphasize. I think the safest thing to emphasize is the man. The safest thing, if we want to major on anything, we want to major on Jesus. The person of Jesus Christ, we can't go wrong. We can't go wrong. If we want to sing songs and, and we want to you know, emphasize on something, we want to sing them about Jesus. We want to be absolutely immersed in the person of Jesus Christ. And when we keep it that simple, doesn't it just take a load off? It doesn't matter if you can sing. It doesn't matter. You know, a whole lot of things that we put pressure on ourselves in our day-to-day -day lives and, you know, in our journeys. We put so much pressure on ourselves. Sometimes we need to just strip it all away and get right back to the basics. Jesus, the man. That's why you joined the club in the first place. So stay in the club because of him. 
And that's why this, this verse, when he's saying to his disciples, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. If we want intimacy with the Father, it comes through Jesus. If we want intimacy with the Holy Spirit, it comes through Jesus. We must know the man, not just the method. It's incredible today with some really gifted people. And, you know, if you you know, watch YouTube or just follow, you know, the, the Spirit-filled church sort of movement in the world, you can see some incredibly gifted people. And, and God is using people really powerfully. The only danger in that for me is even when I'm looking at it, I'm like, wow, that, that is a phenomenal gift. That's a, and it could be preaching, it could be a, a prophetic word of knowledge gift, and, uh, and, and, and it's incredible. It's amazing. We celebrate that, we go for it, and we'll never stop. However, it can become a trap that we chase after this thing. Um, you know, I was talking to someone recently, and they were saying, it's phenomenal in America how big prophetic conferences are. Because so many people want to go and get a prophetic word. Is there anything wrong with that? Absolutely not. Prophecy, we're, we're encouraged to actually go after prophecy. However, if that's our 10th prophetic conference we've been to, to try and get the word of the Lord, then maybe we don't know the man. Maybe we don't actually know the person of Jesus Christ who wants to speak to us and he wants to share with us. And sometimes it's very hard to hear his voice. I don't know if you're like me. Sometimes you can spend all year really asking the same question, wondering, Am I asking the wrong question? Are you there, Lord? You know, what's going on? And so it, th that's reality. That's reality. But if we're then jumping after words of men and, you know, even good things, and we, we love all that stuff, but hear my heart on this, we need to know the man more than we know any other style, any other method, any other process, any procedure. Uh, you know, it's, it, there's so many different styles in the world. Karen and I talk about this. You know, we, we, in our seven years, we've had so many great ministries through. Uh, but if we, if we take every ministry and think, okay, now we've got to be like that. We've got to be like that. We just become these schizophrenic people who have to look like whatever the latest thing is or whatever that particular bent is. Uh, and yet God wants you to look like you. And he wants me to look like me. And so we don't have to take on any pressure from anyone else to have to do it their way. Jesus looks like you in you. He doesn't look like me in you. I mean, that's, you wouldn't want that anyway. I've said before, if you knew what went up, going on up here, even on a Sunday morning when I'm looking at you, I mean, you just think, dude, what are you doing? But it's, I mean, it is, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. The things you think of when you're up here, you know. Uh, so I promised myself I'm going to make this short today because I could feel I, there's just a whole lot of um, weirdness happening, you know. <laughs> I'll leave that alone. I, I didn't hear it. This, this is so, so familiar to all of us. You know, the danger in familiarity with certain scriptures is that we lose the power of them. And, um, and so I'm giving you two of probably some of the most familiar scripture today, but uh, 1 Corinthians 13. Paul, you know, rammed in between 12, chapter 12 and chapter 14. Um, chapter 12 and 14 talk about prophecy and the gifts of the Spirit. Incredible passages. I remember when I was first fired up for the Lord, I used to read 12, skip 13 and go to 14. 
because I was fired up. I wanted the gifts. I wanted the power. I wanted to see God move. And then you do a few years and you realize, hey, if I have all that stuff, and I actually just slipped through 13, and it actually says in verse 1, if I speak with tongues of men and angels but don't have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal, as in I am useless. My gifts are useless. They're useless to me and they're useless to you. You know, we can give incredible words of knowledge or prophecy or heal the sick or raise the dead and do all that sort of stuff. But if we don't actually know what love is for us, and ultimately for me, that begins in Jesus because without him, I'm not a very loving person. I know that about myself. But, but now that I know him and the more I connect with him, his love transfers to me, which transfers to others. And it transfers into the way I relate. So when there's a situation that isn't that loving, I have to pull on him. Because if I pull on me, it's not going to be love coming out. It's going to be a symbol or a clanging gong. It's, it's going to be something that doesn't really carry his heart. And so this is why this is so important in our atmosphere, in our day-to-day lives, that we actually take time to get to know the man. If that's the only thing you remember about today, then, then that's it. If you want to write that down, just, just do it. If you've known him for 50, 60 years, get to know him more. Get to know him more because he's the way, he's the truth, and he's life. So if you're not feeling full of life today, get to know the man of life and you will get more life. If you're having confusion and doubting things and you don't know truth, then we spend time with the man who is truth, who is life. He is hope. He is everything. He's love. He's the word. He's, he's everything. And it, it, it really is so simple that it's dangerous, isn't it? It's dangerous because to actually say to someone, hey, you just need to spend time with the Lord this week, it's like, okay, but what podcast can I listen to just to help me out with that? Or what's a good book you got going that's just going to energize me a little bit? Or... You know, perhaps I could just go somewhere where, where I could just get fired up a little bit. All of those things aren't wrong. They're all good things to do. They all just keep stoking the fire. That's what I find and we find is, you know, all that sort of stuff we've, we've done for, you know, nearly 20 years we've been married. We've been doing it all those nearly 20 years, listening to stuff, going to conferences, reading books and all that stuff. But it's all additional. It's all bolt-on to the key of who he is, to his heartbeat, to his life, to his truth. All of that other stuff is just stoking that little fire, isn't it? And, you know, I I like fire these days. It's good. (laughs) It's very practical. Um, But it it really is so important that even at times like like when uh, God's pouring out, then we realize, hey, all of that was to draw us in. All of it was to draw us in. This weekend, some of you had incredible encounters of God and we pray that increases and we pray that there's more and more and more. And, and so if you had a great touch from the Lord this weekend, tell someone about it. Tell someone about it. And I don't mean brag about it, but actually share your heart with someone who you're close to and just say, wow, this is what God did. Because it's, it's really encouraging for others to hear that testimony if they know you. And, um, but then we come back to the fact that that was Jesus who did that. That was this man. That was this mysterious man who we can't touch and feel. And sometimes I wish we could. I wish we could. I wish we could have some time with him. Soon we're going to. 
Who knows when? We will have time, direct access with this man, Jesus, and we'll speak to him face to face, and we'll get to ask him all those questions. And, you know, I've got loads of them. So, you know, I'm sure you have too, but there's going to be a long line, isn't there? It's like, why on earth did that happen? Why did that happen? You know, sometimes we, we have, I, I wrote down, lately I've quite enjoyed having, um, I didn't even know what you call them. Is it acronyms when you have three things that sound that start with the same word? Anyway, I don't know what it is. I wasn't great at English. But um, disappointment, distraction, and delay. These are three things that came to me when I was just preparing this that we, I believe sometimes, these three things the enemy uses to make us think that that was Jesus, but it wasn't. Sometimes we have disappointments And we put it down to Jesus, but it wasn't him. It was maybe that our expectations were on something else that might have been very close to him. It might have been nearly him. Maybe it was him in 10 years' time, but we wanted it in one year, and we got disappointed. So the time frame actually held us back. We got disappointed in the time frame, and therefore we pulled back from him. But it wasn't him in the first place. It was actually our expectation, wrong expectations. Same with distractions. Sometimes there's just so many things going on. Well, it's, it's not Jesus in the distraction. It's us being distracted. And what all he wants is he just wants to have time with us, doesn't he? He just wants to speak with us. And, and I know that's, that's such a cliche. And it's so difficult sometimes to actually hear what are you trying to say to me. But it's a journey of relationship. 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 Delay, you know, Habakkuk chapter 2 says, you know, it's for an appointed time, it will not delay. And I've shared, you know, a little bit of some of our story on that. And, you know, I've really disagreed with Habakkuk numerous times because sometimes when you're in the waiting room, it feels like you're never actually going to get through into the real business, the operation time, you know, the, the real stuff. You're in the waiting room. Everyone else is getting called in. You know, you're number seven and every other number's getting called in. Like, it, you know, when you've got Chinese and everyone else gets their food before you do. Um, we used to eat a lot of Chinese, okay? And so we, we would go to Yum Sing and our last name is Manuel, if you don't know that. And um, they would say, Manuel, Manuel. <laughs> Manuel, Manuel. So we've sort of got a joke that... That uh, anyway, so we haven't had it in a couple of years, so they've forgotten our name. But um, anyway, it's it's it can be like that though, can't it? We we feel like everyone else, their ticket's being called out, but ours isn't. And then we put that down to how Jesus is operating in our life, but that's not how He's operating in our life. That's the distractions and the delay, and sometimes the disappointments actually taking place. And that's why I, I read that. First bit from Oswald Chambers, because sometimes what he's trying to do is merge us with him so that the fullness of him can be released through us. Because if we're released early, it might just be 10% of him and 90% of us. I've said it many times. I'm glad I didn't preach here 15 years ago because it just would have been a whole lot of rubbish. (laughs) But, you know, over a few years and, and some heart healing and journeying and, and maturing, God shows you some things and, it's, and you actually realize, wow, God is on the throne. 
He is on the throne. You know, it doesn't matter what you're going through this morning and how much confusion you might be or questions you have, He is in full control of your life. There is nothing outside of His control. Nothing that's going on in your life is outside of His eyes. The eyes of the Lord are roaming to and fro across the earth, seeking whom He cannot devour. That's what the enemy does, but strongly support. He wants to strongly support you and me. And he wants to step in in our trials and in our delay in the waiting room. He wants to come to us. He wants to come to us and actually say, okay, okay. In this waiting period, in this gestation period, in this season of rest, in this season of whatever is, I mean, Karen and I used to go so hard. You know, when we hear people say, oh, I'm taking a sabbatical, it's like, what? You're compromising. Now when people say they're taking us about it, we're like, oh, we just honor you guys. That is phenomenal. That's phenomenal. It's amazing how your perspective changes. Why? Because a lot of people find more of Jesus in the sabbatical than they do in the doing, doing, doing. It doesn't matter how many churches they have, then suddenly they need a sabbatical to go and find God again. So it's interesting how we're just wired this way, aren't we? To go and to perform and to be driven and do all this sort of stuff. And none of that's wrong if it's derived from the man. It all comes from him. It all comes from the person of Jesus Christ. I don't know if you've ever watched you know, shows where well, they'll show, um, you know, maybe it's monks or, you know, even, let's say Christian monks. And, you know, I'll watch those things and I'll think, wow, that was so devoted to this man. Their religion looks totally different. Their worship looks completely different. But they were so committed to this person. And ultimately, that's what our faith is rooted on. This person, this man, Jesus Christ. If we have more of us and our style and our, you know, even our culture and everything like that, if there's more of that in our faith than there is of him, then we really have missed it, haven't we? And I don't want to do my life doing this as well as we can and, you know, amazing worship and doing all this stuff and actually miss the fullness of the man, the person, Jesus Christ. And so when I pray, when I spend time with him, you know, we, we, we read this every morning, we do some other reading and, and pray, and then I make sure I picture him. I make sure I picture him because if I'm ever praying outside of him, then for me it's just I'm going off track. So I always picture him. And, and for me, I'm fairly logical. So that's, that's actually taken a while because I'm like, well, what Jesus am I picturing? Is it the bearded one? Or what if he didn't have a beard? Or is he Arabic? Or, you know what I mean? So I don't know if you like me, but it's, I'm telling you, it's weird up there sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I spend five minutes just working out. Is he blue eyes, brown eyes? And, but once I get over all of that, once I get over all of that, I realize, okay, I need to just know this man. And if I know this man, and if I get closer to this man, then everything else doesn't even matter. Everything else. The job, the money, the problems, the trials of life, Donald Trump, Hillary, whatever. <laughs> I have so resisted for a year. <laughs> I really have. It, it has taken everything. And I'm not going to break it today. But, you know, ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus. You know, I, I tell you one thing, though. I'll avoid saying what I was going to say. But what I will say, is I, 
I listen to the radio a lot. You guys know that. that my family cannot believe the radio I listen to. They just get in the car and whack, whack it off straight away. But, you know, anyway, so I'm listening to and I'm listening. I'm thinking, wow, political correctness is now not the norm. Political correctness is now being questioned. Isn't it phenomenal? I mean, I'm talking to the, ra- I'm yelling at the radio, you know. Does, can you wave at me if you do that? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm saying, you lefty media, you got it so wrong. You have no idea what you're talking about. You can't work this thing out. You're trying and trying and trying and you still can't work it out. The world, the world doesn't like political... I, I can see some people, you're with me. I'm I, just feeling that love. But it's, it's, uh, if for nothing else, if for nothing else, if we can actually speak the truth and if we can actually know that that's okay, what an amazing outcome. What an amazing outcome. So God will get the glory whichever way, won't he? And he's in control. He's in control. There's people now, you know, saying all sorts of things. And, uh, but God's on the throne. He's in control. And as long as we know this man, this man, Jesus Christ, the reason I'm saying that is because sometimes we forget he was a man. He was a man, just like you and just like me. And we can get to know him and we can actually have the simplicity of relationship, the simplicity of just relationship. So this week, you might be going through some stuff. You might have some decisions. You might, whatever it is, take some time with the man. Take some time with him above every other thing, every other demand, every other you know, pressure that we feel. If you have confusion, spend time with him. Spend time with him. Whatever it might look like for you, you know, this is another thing. There's no rules on spending time with him, is there? If I tell you my five steps, you know, it might not work for you. Whatever it is, find time with him. Some of my best time with him recently, in the last few months, has been on my tractor. No one can get to me. It's as loud as anything, so I can't hear anything anyway. And... It's just, it's just, I'm just going for it, and I, I spend hours and hours and hours just on that thing, would you believe? Actually driving around, not just sitting there. Um, I just, you know, that would be strange. <laughs> but I just speak in tongues, I'm just speaking in tongues, and I've got, you know, headphones, you know, like earmuffs on anyway, so I can't see whether it sounds bad or weird or whatever, the kangaroos don't care. And, and so, but it's just time with him. It's just time with him. And so if you don't have a process and if it's been hard praying, then just start speaking in tongues because he knows what you're saying. He gave you that language. He gave you that language. And it's a gift. It's a spiritual gift. And it's a gift for us to use to actually have a spiritual language with him. So if you don't know how to pray, just start speaking in tongues. There's no rules. Do it for an hour. Do it for six hours. Do it for five minutes, whatever it is. Have that access to the man, Jesus Christ, because he's the answer to every problem. He is the one who is in full control of your life. He's the one who will guide you and me. He's the one who will sort out that problem. And, and we can't go wrong when we go to him. Like Duncan said, it's so interesting how we, you know, when we have a, a piece of information, you know, we take it to everyone other than the actual person we need to take it to and be honest. We can't go wrong taking it to Jesus. Lord, that, that I don't know what's going on there. My finances are this or the health or the, this relationship's just a mess. This stuff's going on. I, don't, I do not know how to solve it. It's exactly what he desires is for us to go into that place with him.
And then finally, like Oswald Chambers said, finally, our will is joined with his will and out comes his purpose. And that's, that's really our prayer. I mean, it's, it's interesting with preaching. There's so many things we could preach on. But, you know, we really feel that God's heart is for us. That Sunday, Sunday services would just be a, a gathering point. Of course, it's worship. It's incredible. And we want God's presence and people to be touched. But it's a, it's a gathering point for then releasing what he's actually doing under the surface all week long with relationships, with people with our marriages, with our kids, in our jobs, in our other environments of life, that's when the person of Jesus Christ really shines. It's easy to make him shine in here. We're, we're, all, you know, we're all in that place. We're ready for it. But tomorrow, what does Jesus look like tomorrow for you? In you, through you, through your words, through your thoughts, through your actions, through your reactions. You'll often know the fruit of the Spirit and if it's working by your reactions. How do I know that? Because I'm in that boat. It's, it's the first thing. If someone prods, what's my reaction? There's my fruit. It could be good or it could be bad. Anyway, so I didn't want to end on a sour note. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a good reminder even this weekend for us that God loves to continually refresh and bless. I want to encourage you, if you're feeling dry spiritually, in fact, if you're feeling a little rusty, I want you to stand right now. Everyone just close your eyes. And I just want to pray for you right now. It's okay. There's no shame in it. There's no shame in it. But if you want just a refreshing, a refreshing from Him, then I want to just pray for you this morning because it's one thing that really no words can do anything about. No words no, even preaching sometimes isn't enough or trying or whatever it is. But a touch from the Lord can do everything. In fact, I want you guys just to come out. You've been bold enough to stand, so come out. I want Karen and I, we just want to pray for you. And um, yeah, everyone else, just keep praying. Close your eyes and thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If a couple of people can just catch for us. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just pray this morning for a special touch for these guys, a special touch of your spirit, a special release of your presence. Lord, we ask for every burden to be lifted, for heaviness to go in Jesus' name. And Lord, that you would release, release your life, release your hope, release your truth, Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And Lord, we just, we just pray a blessing. I want everyone just to stretch out their hands to these guys. They've been bold enough to stand and to receive. So we want them to receive this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, we just ask right now that you just begin to fill these guys up. Fill them up right now. We pray for refreshing for them. Refreshing rain, refreshing presence, refreshing touch. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, just keep, keep praying for these guys. Let's do this as a family. Let's pray. Who knows what they're going through? You never know what someone else is going through, the trials or the struggles. And so let's pray for a fresh blessing and release of the presence over these guys. Yeah. 
Holy Spirit, for Tom, Lord, we pray right now. Yeah, fill him up, fill him up, fill him up today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Fresh, fresh manna, fresh manna, fresh touch in Jesus' name. Draw him in, Lord. Draw him in. Intimacy, intimacy, intimacy. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Fill her up. Fill her up with more of you, more of you. Lord Jesus, we pray you would encounter her afresh. Encounter her afresh. Yes, Lord. Jesus, pour out your love all over her. Pour out your love all over her. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for joining us on the Harvest Australia podcast. For more information and events in the life of Harvest Australia Church, please visit harvestaustralia.org. Thank you.